You're listening to the Fitness Matters Podcast with Paula B, and this is episode number 15. Hello, hello again, my beautiful bees. How are you today, you guys? I am excited about this episode of the Fitness Matters Podcast, where we talk about the fitness matters that matter to you, because this one... This one's a little bit deep and convoluted, and like so many of them lately, I'm going to tell you, thank you for clicking on this, because I know that the title maybe didn't make a whole lot of sense when I talked about the payoff of reaching your goal. And and I'm, I promise you, there will be a, a payoff for this by the end of the episode. I, I'm going to explain what I mean. But you guys, I I think that when we are thinking about our fitness goals, that we all feel like there's going to be this, this amazing emotional payoff from reaching the goal. Like we're going to feel amazing. We're going to feel confident. We're going to feel strong. We're going to feel proud of ourselves. We're going to feel happy and accomplished and all those kinds of good feelings. And there will be a bit of that when you reach your goal. But one of the problems with even getting to reach your goal is that there's actually another payoff that's blocking you. Here's what I mean by this. We've talked about, if you ever do any of my full-length workout videos, which, you know, maybe you do and maybe you don't, and this is actually something that I would love to know from you. I feel like everybody who listens to the podcast knows me from my main YouTube channel, which is the Paula B Fitness channel, where I do workouts for women over 50. I have full-length workouts. This is not meant to be a plug, but just in case, just in case you have only come to me from the podcast, there's a reason why I have this podcast. It's because I have so much to say about fitness that I can't always talk about during the middle of a workout because, you know, we're working out, even though I do talk actually a lot during the workouts. But I don't always have a chance to get into like this kind of mindset stuff, which I, I love. I love to talk about this kind of mindset stuff. So, but if you ever do the workouts, you might have noticed, because I mention it, that I do the exact same warm up every single time. Not in the older videos, but in like the newer videos, like anything that comes out from now till till I stop doing this, they're, they're all going to have the same warm-up. And I mention it somewhat frequently that the reason I do the warm-up exactly the same way every day is just, it's super Pavlovian. And I know that you know what that means. You know, Pavlov and his dogs, where he, you know, rang a bell and gave them a treat, rang him a bell and gave them a treat. And over time, they came to associate the sound of the bell with the treat, so much so that without even the presence of the treat, they started salivating because they were ready for it. They were primed for it. This is super just classical behavioral psychology. And I know that that we as humans, you know, we're we are more complex than that. We have much deeper thought patterns. We're capable of thinking things and then thinking about our thoughts and, and all kinds of, of much deeper patterns than that. But also, on a really basic level, we are not different. Truly, we are a dog who wants a treat. We are the rat who wants cheese. We are a brain who is seeking well, pleasure. You know, we've talked about this before too. In fact, I'm going to see if I can remember 
exactly which episode we talked about. In fact, I sang <laughs> The Pleasure Principle <laughs> from Janet Jackson briefly because I didn't want any copyright strikes against me. But we have talked about this sort of idea before too, that on our most basic level, that we are always seeking pleasure. And when we seek pleasure, that therefore it is, relatively speaking, easier to get what we want. And so these two things should line up so perfectly, right? You have this goal. This goal is going to make you feel so pleasurable, so happy, so accomplished. All these good feelings. It's amazing, right? So why in the world, if we are constantly seeking pleasure and we have this, you know, this Pavlovian response to be able to do this thing that'll help us get pleasure, why in the world is it so hard to get our goal? Well, my friends, let me tell you something. Actually, let me ask you something. How do you feel about yourself? And I know that's kind of a big, broad question. Let me ask you even more specifically. When you think about your goal, how do you feel about yourself? This is an interesting point to think about when you are having struggles with reaching your goal. The fact is, right now, maybe you don't feel amazing and accomplished and confident and happy and excited about your ability to reach your goal. Because, I mean, technically speaking, if it's a goal, you're not there yet. So therefore, maybe you don't have those feelings. Maybe, maybe when you think about your goal, you feel overwhelmed or confused or like it's too hard or like you're you know, having a hard time, or maybe you're not good enough, or you're filled with self-doubt, or or all kinds of not-so-happy feelings. But here's the thing. When you think those thoughts, they become very familiar. They become the thoughts that you think in association with that goal, with trying to reach that goal. And then, and then, my friend, your brain your sweet, beautiful Pavlovian brain, it's just trying to seek out something familiar which feels pleasurable. Familiar always feels pleasurable, by the way. I don't know if you, I mean, I I know you know that, but I'm going to point it out to you in a really specific sense here. You know that when you feel something familiar, that you are absolutely flooded with pleasure. When you eat your favorite foods, when you sit in your favorite chair, when you open up a book that you know there's going to be a happy ending because you read it a million times, (sighs) your whole body just relaxes with pleasure because it's familiar. So while you are reaching for a goal, your brain, your brain is seeking out familiar and therefore pleasurable feelings. And if you don't feel amazing and confident and excited and happy and awesome, you're going to be seeking out whatever it is that you do normally feel in association with that goal. Let me tell you an interesting story about this. Maybe it's interesting to you. It was really interesting to me. This past weekend, I ran a 50K race. And I I had a very familiar feeling just a few miles into this race. And let me actually back up a little bit really quickly here. So if, if you do know me at all, if this is the first podcast you've ever listened to, maybe you don't know this, but I love to run. 
I've been a runner for about 14 years. I run a lot, literally, I mean, on the daily and just in general, I run a lot. I run a lot of days. I run a lot of miles. I love to run. It is my favorite exercise. It's my favorite thing to do. It is how I think of myself as a human being. And generally speaking, I love to run because it is so pleasurable. I feel on the daily like running is good. It's fun. I'm good at it. I enjoy it. It makes me feel all kinds of wonderful. I have lots and lots and lots of positive thoughts and feelings associated with running. So that's awesome. However, the same side of that same coin or the flip side of that same coin is that when I think about racing, which I also really enjoy doing because it is a very different kind of challenge, but it is more challenging for me to race than it is to run. And I have had, I have had my fair share of challenges while racing that when I think about setting goals for races, I actually have some different thoughts based on, uh, well, based on outcomes, but also based on a lot of self-doubts that I had before I even had outcomes. I have over the years had some pretty disappointing races where I would essentially self-sabotage myself with feelings of fear, feelings of self-doubt, feelings of not knowing whether or not I was going to be capable of getting this goal that I was aiming for. And as so frequently happens when when we are thinking about something that way, we make it come true because our brain our brain wants to give us what we're thinking about constantly. So when you're thinking thoughts of self-doubt, thoughts of disappointment, thoughts of, I don't think I can do this, it's going to make it pretty easy to not be able to do it. Over the years, I have had several super difficult races. And this, I can definitely, I can definitely point you in the, in the direction of other podcasts where I have talked about this. There have been, in recent years, a couple of rather rather frustrating races where I really, really, really struggled and ultimately was capable of finishing the race and and getting more or less what I wanted out of, out of my goal, but, but hard times. And so this past Saturday, when I was running this 50K, I was a couple miles into it and I realized that I had gone out a little bit fast. I mean, over the course of uh, when when you're going to be running for 31 miles, you really, I mean, I can't, maybe some people can, some people can run fast for 31 miles. I personally, being a mere mortal, really have to kind of conserve my energy. So about four miles into this race, I started thinking, gee, I think I've gone out a little bit fast because I had spent most of the first four miles passing people. I had started way back at the back in an effort to actually slow myself down, which did not work because I was eager and I haven't raced in a while. And and I had it in my head that maybe, maybe today was going to be a good day. And I was excited about that. But so about about four or five miles in, I I started feeling a little bit sick to my stomach. Which again, if you have listened to other podcasts where I have talked about this, this is this is a very familiar feeling. I I sometimes work myself up with nervousness and self doubt to a point where even even if I'm fueling relatively well, that I do end up getting dehydrated because I'm not drinking enough to compensate for not just my effort, but also my mental energy that I'm expending on self-doubt and worry and nervousness. 
And so I, I was, you know, five miles in and my stomach started feeling a little bit rough. And I started thinking, oh man, I'm, I'm not feeling very good. I, you know, I don't want to spend my day throwing up this, this is, this is frustrating and started kind of getting in my head about it. And I thought to myself, because this is something that I have been thinking about lately, about this, this payoff and how our brain seeks out familiar thoughts and feelings. And while I was thinking to myself, oh, this feels like other times when I have felt like this, this is familiar. The part of my brain that could listen to what I was thinking said, hey, (laughs) that's a thought. (laughs) That's a thought right there that you are seeking out something familiar. And you are, because it is familiar, it is therefore pleasurable. And therefore, you are, weirdly, aiming for that. You are trying to feel disappointed. You are trying to feel sick to your stomach. Knock it off. (laughs) And so I'm having this, this kind of argument with myself in the middle of, not even the middle of the race, early in the race about, well, do I feel sick? Do I not feel sick? Do I want to be happy with today? Do I want to be disappointed with today? And I found myself for the next several miles slowing down a little bit on purpose, trying to drink more on purpose, but also having this weird, like, existential conversation with myself about what is the payoff today? What is the payoff for this race? My stated goal is that I want to run well. I want to feel good. I want to feel proud and accomplished and happy. But a familiar and therefore pleasurable feeling that I have a lot when I race is disappointment. So which one, which one do I want? And what in the world am I going to do about this several miles into the race? And it occurred to me that all I had to do was tell myself that no matter what happened today, that I wasn't going to be disappointed in it. That even if I spent 30, well, not 30 miles at that point, but like 25 miles walking and throwing up that I was not going to be disappointed in the race, that I was going to feel satisfied. And by thinking that, by conjuring up this feeling, I I pictured myself throwing up and walking on and feeling proud of myself. I pictured myself feeling sick to my stomach and soldiering through and being happy, being proud, being glad and confident. And it was really bizarre because I was able to access those feelings because I have at various other times during races had feelings of being happy, had feelings of being accomplished, had feelings of being proud of myself. I was able to bring up those feelings just as easily as the feeling of being disappointed. I was able to think to myself, okay, there have been times when I have felt the good feelings also. Can I, can I bring up those feelings? Can those be familiar to me, therefore pleasurable to me, and therefore what I am seeking out? And by kind of combining the two things, a situation where I would normally feel disappointed in myself and yet feeling happy or proud or, or pleased with myself, it was a really... It was fascinating to me how simply having the thought 
no matter what, I'm not going to be disappointed. I'm going to feel happy about the day. It conjured up very happy feelings in me by having this thought. And it also, in combination, clearly, I'm not trying to say this was 100% my brain, but in combination with slowing down a little bit, drinking more, and having this thought that no matter what, I was going to feel proud of myself, that I was not going to feel disappointed. The churning feeling in my stomach went away. It gradually dissipated to the point where I started pushing a little bit more. I was running and feeling good. I was running and feeling confident. And I thought to myself, okay, this is pretty amazing because honestly, it was the first time ever in a race where I have been able to talk myself out of feeling sick. I I very frequently get that, that five or 10 miles in and start to feel sick and think, well, here it comes. Here it is. This is it for the day. And I've never been able to successfully talk my way around it or think, I, I mean, I mean, I wasn't really talking out loud, but think my way out of it. So I was really excited about this. And then, and then, do you want to know what happened? Something very fascinating. (laughs) A couple of weeks ago, you and I talked about facing obstacles. And I told you some stories, if you listen to the whole podcast. At the beginning of that episode, I I had, I give a warning that there were some swear words. And I know that some of you went ahead and turned off the episode. There will be no swearing here. Otherwise, I would have warned you at the top of the, the episode. But during that episode, I told you a story about how I I had had this revelation about how I wanted to feel good and how I was going to be like moving forward on one of my goals. And then I came home to this giant mess from my dog. And those are the kinds of obstacles that we we sort of place in our own way. I mean, whether whether it comes from your brain or the universe or, or God or however you want to think about it, very frequently when we start to have a, a new thought or feeling, a new way of looking at something that used to be familiar and now it's not familiar and therefore it's scary, we sometimes bring up or find our own obstacles. So here I was about eight miles in, maybe 10. No, it was about eight miles in feeling pretty good, feeling like, okay, I think that I have been able to turn my stomach around. I think that that I really am going to feel confident and proud and happy about this day. You know, no matter what, I'm not going to feel disappointed. I got a text message from my husband, who is also running the race, by the way. My husband and my son and I were all running the same race at the same time, but not at the same pace. (laughs) So I get this text message from my husband saying, hey, I'm at mile 12. I just had to cancel our credit card because of fraud. Somebody tried to charge $1,100 on it. And I was like, okay, super weird, but I'm running. He's running. Nothing I can do about this. I I kind of, you know, I put my phone back in my pocket and I kind of let it go. 30 seconds later, get a text message from my bank saying, oh, hey, we think there's been fraud on your debit card. Can you please text us back and let us know whether or not this this purchase is yours or not? And I'm like, uh, what now? So here I am running along at mile, you know, eight, nine, 10, whatever, wherever I was at this point. 
And I'm trying to simultaneously run on this trail, climbing hills, running over rocks, etc. You know, a third of the way into my 31 mile day. And I'm trying to log into my bank. I'm trying to see what in the world is going on with my credit card and my debit card. Well, lo and behold, somebody had broken into my car, which of course was at the finish line waiting for us to get to the finish line while my husband and my son and I were all running this race and stolen my credit cards and my debit cards. Yes, plural. One credit card, but two debit cards. My business debit card and my my personal debit card. So, So there's literally nothing I can do. Some stranger has broken into my car and stolen presumably my wallet, which was in the car, and is now trying to make exorbitant charges on all of my plastic. <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty big obstacle, right? Like, like that's, that's the kind of thing that might turn your race around and might make you feel a little disappointed. <laughs> Am I right? And yet, I had promised myself, I had, I had spent the last four or five miles telling myself, no matter what happens today, I'm not going to feel disappointed. I'm going to feel happy and proud and accomplished. And so I did spend several miles on the phone with my bank and then my husband and then the credit card company trying to figure all this stuff out. I can't even begin to imagine what the people around me on the trail were thinking. It's it's kind of funny. I mean, generally speaking, this is off topic, but generally speaking, I do not ever, ever talk on my phone while I'm I was going to say never while I'm running a race, but that's not entirely true. When I have had disappointing races where I am throwing up, I do frequently call or text my husband and say, hey, I'm going to be, you know, hours longer than I thought I was going to be. So there have been times when I have been on my phone. I have never been on the phone with a bank during the middle of a race. I've never, never had to deal. Well, in fact, I, in fact, I've never had my wallet stolen until this past weekend. I was, it was very impressive. And I'm actually going to finish that part of the story really quickly because I'm going to move on. But the thieves, this is super interesting, did not actually steal my wallet. So you guys, technology is amazing and awesome, but also there are people who use it for really terrible things. Did you know that if you have a car with a fob, that there is a device that can open up your car that is not your fob. And also there's a device that can detect whether or not there is a chip like you have on your brand new debit and credit cards. You know how they have those chips now they're supposed to be so good for security. Well, there's a device that if put in the wrong hands, somebody can discover whether or not you have a credit or a debit card in your locked car and then they can unlock your car and steal from you which is what these people did. Here's the, here's the good news though. I mean, again, because I promised myself I wasn't going to be disappointed in the day. I feel like maybe, maybe I brought this about, but the thieves, they left my wallet, which I love my wallet. It's a really cute little wallet. They left my wallet in the car. They left me my driver's license. They left me my triple A card. They actually left our shoes, our clothes to change into, our water bottles. They didn't steal anything except my credit card and the two debit cards. And because those were canceled, I mean, literally immediately, they really didn't even get the chance to steal money from me. I mean, they got nothing. And I I learned a really interesting lesson about putting 
my, my payment information on my phone because I always have my phone with me and not carrying credit cards anymore. So, I mean, lesson learned all the way around here. Anyway, moving along, let me finish my story about this new thought that I had. So here I was at this point, I'm, you know, almost halfway through with the race. Thank goodness. You know, I've, I've had a struggle. I was able to talk myself out of it. I was able to seek a new familiar feeling. I was able to you know, handle the obstacle that came up in my way as soon as I had decided to, you know, change my mindset and seek a different kind of pleasure, which is a new kind of thought. And I ended up, I ended up having a perfectly lovely day. Like the race itself went really well. I was really, really, really happy, especially based on the amount of training that I've had and other obstacles that weren't necessarily related. I was actually, I truly was proud of my performance. I was really happy to cross the finish line. I felt like I had managed my mind. I had managed my fueling. I was really, really happy. And interestingly, the day afterwards, I was not prepared for this. I felt a little bit of disappointment when I was looking at the results it was so crazy to me. I had spent so much time during the race saying, no matter what, I'm, you know, I'm not going to be disappointed. I'm going to feel good. I'm going to feel proud of myself. I'm going to feel accomplished about this race. And I did, I did all the way to the finish line. I did all the way, like, well, actually I I saw results later that day. So I, I had many, many hours of feeling really, really good. But my brain was still seeking out some way to feel that old familiar disappointment. This was super crazy to me and very surprising because I had not prepared myself for it. It it kind of shocked me that afterwards, after I had felt so good about this race, I felt disappointed. And, And thinking about it, because I was able to recognize it for what it was, and I was able to be like, ah, I had not warned myself about this, so therefore I had not been able to, you know, talk myself out of it. And then once I was in that disappointed feeling of, wow, I wish I could have run better and really specifically, I mean, we, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago about how this, this is my last trail race for the time being. And I, I would have liked to have finished faster or, or maybe better on the day based on the fact that this, this might be, honestly, this might be the last ultra marathon I ever run. At the very least, it's the last one I'm going to run for the next probably couple of years. And, and I felt kind of disappointed about that, a little sad about that. And I was surprised. And And that's part of what made me even really keep turning this around in my mind. I I have thought about this idea of the payoff for a while now. I mean, quite some time. I've been aware of the fact that when we are in the middle of seeking a goal that we think is going to make us feel good, the real payoff is simply feeling the way we've always felt, feeling disappointed, feeling like sorry for ourselves, feeling like we want, you know, negative attention from our friends, feeling bad, feeling sad, feeling angry, all the things that we feel a lot of the time, that's the real payoff. 
And so I do have some practical advice for you for this because, because I mean, A, because it worked so well during the race. I, I was super proud of the fact, I mean, one of the ways in which I was not disappointed in this race is that this was the first time I had successfully managed my mind when it was in the process of seeking out that familiar, disappointing feeling. And so what, what I came up with from this experience really reinforced something that I've been thinking for quite some time. And that is this, my friends, you cannot wait until you get the goal to feel all the good feelings of your goal. And the only way to get those good feelings is to practice them, to practice them right now, right now, while you are in the process of doing all the things that might make you feel disappointed or frustrated or panicky or scared or, or whatever, you need to practice feeling amazing. You need to practice not being disappointed. You need to practice feeling accomplished, feeling confident, feeling happy, feeling proud. And I know you might be thinking to yourself, okay, but how do I do that when, you know, every day I'm having a hard time with my training or every day I'm having a hard time meeting my my calorie target or every day I'm having a hard time with these exercises that I'm trying to master, you know, depending on what your, your fitness goal is that you're trying to aim for. Maybe, maybe each day's outcome feels disappointing. So how in the world do you practice feeling proud? How do you in the world do you practice feeling confident? Well, my friends, you look for it. You look for ways to feel amazing and confident and proud every single day, if possible. Every single time you hit your calorie goal, congratulate yourself. Spend a moment feeling like, wow, I did that. That is fantastic. Look yourself in the mirror, in the eyes, in the mirror and say, congratulations, you did that. Every single time you drink the right amount of water, every single time you complete a run, every single time you finish a workout, practice feeling accomplished. Because here's the thing. The more you do that, the more your brain will recognize it as, first of all, just a viable option at all. Like if, if you don't have a lot of, a lot of confidence, a lot of feeling good about yourself, a lot of feeling proud about yourself, a lot of those kinds of happy feelings, your brain might not even know that that's available to you. It is, but you're going to have to practice it. The more you practice it, the more familiar it will become. And like so many other things in the world, the more familiar something becomes, the easier it will get. And the real payoff, here it is, the real payoff is that when you actually get your goal, you will be able to feel amazing and accomplished and confident and happy and proud because you'll know what those feelings feel like. You won't get to your goal at the end of your goal and feel like, oh, well, I mean, I guess this is it. Oh, I guess I made my goal wait. I guess I crossed the finish line. I guess I did this. When you practice feeling 
happy and confident and proud and amazing, you'll recognize it when it comes to you again. You'll recognize it as a familiar feeling. You'll recognize it and you will start to seek it out. My friends, This was a different way of thinking about things, right? I know you've spent a lot of time thinking that when you get there is when you get to be happy. But what I'm telling you is that you got to practice being happy right now. Practice the payoff right now so that it can be a payoff then too. I would love to know. There was was a lot today. There was a lot to talk about with how you feel about what you're doing on your way to your goal and what you want to feel when you get to your goal. What are you going to practice? I would love to hear what feelings you are going to practice feeling about yourself right now. Depending on where you are, you can leave me a comment. You can, I mean, you can message me. You can, you can whatever. I mean, I'm on social. We can talk. You know that. (laughs) You guys, thank you. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope this was a good one for you. I'll talk to you next time.